Guys, I am super excited to be here. When Philip mentioned that he wanted me to come out, I said, what do you want me to talk about? He says, bring me your best stuff. And I said, well, that's a, that's a, that's a, <laughs> it's kind of a wide open area, you know, bring your best stuff. So what I wanted to talk about today is real selling. And this concept for me came about because as a former teacher, I taught third, fourth, and fifth grade. Does anybody have any third, fourth, or fifth graders? Anybody? Okay. Anybody have older? Like older kids? So they've been through third, fourth, and fifth grade. So you, you can only imagine teaching fourth graders, fifth graders, whatnot. You think I was selling every single day while I was teaching? Oh, yeah. All day, every day, I was selling. And so this concept slowly but surely started to come together as I started to think about my business. So what do I do? So my wife and I started Luxury Home Magazine. This is a real estate publication uh, that did not exist in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, as you can see here, y'all know Thomas J. Henry? This is his personal house right here. Uh, it's in uh, Anaqua Springs. And so I get the amazing opportunity to see, you know, I mean, again, spectrum here. This is a crazy side of the real estate spectrum, okay? But here's what I found out. The same principles that work with the top real estate, doesn't matter, they work with any level of buyer of property. All of these principles are gonna work. Whether you're a teacher, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, these real selling principles are going to work for you in what you're doing today. And the great thing is, I, I'm glad I got here a little early and I got to see the, you, know, you guys sharing something positive. That's so big, it's so huge, and sometimes we miss that, that opportunity to share something that good that's going on. So I'm glad you guys do that. So, how did I start Luxury Home Magazine? Well, it, I didn't intend to start Luxury Home Magazine. I, I thought I was gonna be a principal. I have my master's degree from A&M. Whoop, any Aggies, no Aggies, all right. Aggies, all right. So I got my master's degree, I thought, I'm gonna be a principal. Man, my life's gonna be great, summer's off, basketball all summer, life is gonna be great. And then my wife said, hey, I'm gonna go be a realtor and you're coming with me. So I got railroaded into becoming a realtor. So we come into real estate, I'm at Sotheby's. Y'all know Cooper Sotheby's? We're at Sotheby's uh, a real estate company with, uh, with Rick Cooper, Jay Cooper. And my wife comes to me one day, 2010 timeframe, and she says, I think we should start a magazine. And I go, why? <laughs> like, magazines, really? So as we started to talk, we realized there was nothing like this in the city of San Antonio. There's nothing super high end. Now, how does somebody go from real estate teacher to selling this to agents? Well, it all goes back to what I started telling you about from the very beginning, real selling, the skills that I started to pick up and learn. But the one question that I had I wanna start out is what's the biggest hurdle in making a sale so far this year? What has been the biggest hurdle? Go. Backlog. Factory, Explain. Factory, factory, you order a house today, you can't get it for 90 days. Ah, okay. So, so in our world, that's unique. You need, so, so the time from them purchasing 90 days is a long track record. They want it faster. Correct. Speed. Okay, what else? What else? Price is going up. Price. We've had several price increases this year just because the okay. economy's doing well. There's a, there's a housing shortage. So those would be some, some hurdles. So price and speed, what else? Uh, uh, high-end sales, sifting through you know, 
the, the customers that are paying versus the customers that, that pay really well because it's a high end. Oh, interesting. We get a lot of customers that should keep walking and, and then we should take the really, really good customers. I mean, so you've got customers in you that they're ready to spend some money. And those are the ones that you want to spend time with as, okay, got it. All right. What else? Other big hurdles. What about credit? Yeah. Is that a big hurdle? Yeah. How, how, do, the, how do y'all work with that? We qualify them first day when they're in there. Right. We're going to know if they can buy or not. Part of the nine steps? Absolutely. You want to know. Okay. Yeah, we've got, a, we've got a, a pretty specific selling system, and we're trying almost every time to get their credit and understand yeah. their budget before we ever walk them outside. So, right. You know, on average, we're probably only averaging about 55% of the time we get their credit before we walk outside. The company goes 70. So. Okay. So you want to know before you walk the lot, where's your credit, where they're at. That's smart. I like that. And, and you know, in real estate, you know, the, the rule with a realtor is they want a pre-approval letter before they start showing you houses. Yeah. So that y'all are following that process, which is really sh sharp. And Tim, you mentioned earlier that when you first got hired, you went to go shop mm -hmm. and you noticed right away that they had a different approach. Yes. What was their approach? Remind everybody. <clears throat> the approach that... The ratio of being in the office versus being outside looking at homes were flipped with us. Mm -hmm. most, of the, most of the time that the customers are here, they're in our office, we're asking them a ton of questions. After that's when we go look at the homes. Yeah. Versus some of our other competitors, it's the other way around. They just want to get so you in. Like they're, we're inside, they ask like three or four questions, all right, let's go look at home, and the majority of the time we're out there. Did any of them do the credit check right away? I'm curious. They tried. They tried, okay. It was really easy to say no. Okay. How many of the five tried up front? Solitary did. She asked. She was the harder one that asked, but Oakwood tried. And yeah. So two of the five? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Next question. Uh, what is the your uh, Titan Factory Direct's biggest advantage over the competition? And, and, and I want the newest salespeople. Who's the newest person here? Tim and... Tim? Tim and yeah, Tim and Josh. Tim okay, Josh. Tim, you go first. What do you think is the biggest Sorry. advantage for Titan Factory Direct over the competition? I think it's our, our uh, service. Service. So we we do everything from start to finish. Okay. Start to finish, yeah. And then we have we also have our quality of homes are way better. Okay. Than the other ones I've seen. Quality service. Those are big. Josh, what you got? Um, the first reason one of my customers should want to buy from Titan is me. Then tighten itself, being comfortable with the company. Mm. Then our product, third probably. Yeah, yeah. So, so you 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 just tapped into the first part of real selling. That's the very first part of real selling that we're going to get into, which is really really important. He says they get comfortable with me, right? Now, how many times have y'all found that when they're comfortable with you, things just start to go really smooth really quickly? Yep. Some of your easiest sales come from that. Anybody else want to answer this question? The uh, factory direct, please. I was going to say our selling system. We have a, the we system. Have a way that we that we present the price, a way that we a way that we find out their their dominant buying motive, and then yeah. position ourselves in the close to where it makes sense to buy. That's dominant buying advantage. motive. Yeah. Explain that. So we yeah we have something called a DBM or a dominant buying motive. There's five of them. Okay. Fear, profit, love, need, and. Uh, <laughs> Pride, profit, love, fear, and need. Pride, profit, love. Pride, profit. Pride, like, hey, man, yeah. my sister just got a house. I'm the only one in my family that doesn't have a house. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I money away on rent. Love is, I just had a baby and we need more space. Need is also, could be, we just had a baby and we need more space. Yeah. 
fear is the rent keeps going up or I'm afraid that I'm going to wake up and I'm 60 and I'm still going to be a renter. I love that. So we try to identify that up front and then we customize our selling approach and our feature benefiting around uncovering their dominant buying motive. Right. Right. Because selling features gets, like, it can get old, right? Because, I mean, are all your features the same as your competition for the most part? So, yeah. You know, you're going to have very similar features, but positioning the benefits of those features is what really, really good salespeople do. Somebody was going to say something else. Uh, the top, please. Uh, Harvey? I would say the team, the team effort. You know, team like, effort. As Monica said, if everybody's wish, you're going to greet them. But the way we game plan, the way we do a TO, you know, it's gonna, there's, everybody's involved to try and get the sell. Good. What's a TO? Uh, uh, turnover. Turnover. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. I can't get the deposit. I'm going to say, let me, let me see it. Let me see if, Let me get you a floor plan before I leave. And then before I leave, I'm going to go say, hey, Harvey, I got this guy. They're solid buyers. I need you to come in. They're telling me they want it. They want to show the mother of the house first. Yeah. And then Harvey's going to come in and, and, and you know. Tag team. Phillip's going to come in. Like yeah. it. Yeah. Like it. Very good. So um, selling is a person-to-person business. You cannot sell, send the sales manual out to make a sale. Sales manuals have no legs and no voice. And I love this quote because, you know, every, every business kind of has a process. But I will tell you, based on what I saw from your website, it seems compared to the, like you really have a solid system in place for how you want to take them from walking in the door to all the way to the point of, okay, now we have your house, we have everything set up. You have a very systematic plan, but like if you just put that out there, that plan doesn't work without what? Humans. You need human beings. You need people to connect. And that's the first part of real selling. Now, I love how you, the dominant motive, um, say the, Dominant by emotive. You know, I, I, I saw this, and, and this is something that I learned, is that people buy, if you think about yourself, we buy for pleasure or pain. So anybody been to Vegas recently? Okay. Does any, um, I always wondered this, but my buddy finally explained it to me. Anytime I go to, uh, to Vegas, I desperately need chapstick. Have y'all noticed, anybody else had this feeling of just, oh my gosh, like, because it's so dry, there's so much oxygen they're pumping into those casinos. Now, I'm in a pickle because I'm in pain, and what do I need to do? I need to buy chapstick. How much does chapstick cost at a Vegas casino? Anybody know? Anybody have any idea? I was gonna say $9.99. Now, here's the, here's the interesting thing. Did I buy it? Yeah. I needed it, it didn't matter, I was in pain. Would you pay $5 for a stick of chapstick? Yes, you would, and I did happily. And I thought about leaving a tip, but I was like, no, that's ridiculous, I've already done that, right? But the reality is, is that we can buy from pain, and people can come in here and buy from a position of pain, right? Maybe a loved one has passed, maybe there's situation, there can be some pain involved, right? But more than likely, they're buying for what? They're gonna be buying, buying for pleasure. But you have to understand where they're coming from. So I love the fact that you already have that built into your system, which a lot of companies do not have that in their sales. So that's fantastic. So this is the first part of real selling is rapport. Now, when you hear that word rapport, what do you think? Rapport. Trust. Trust. Conversation. What else? Common ground. Yes. I love that. What else? Know your customer. And how do you get to know your customer? You gotta ask them questions, right? Now, 
You know, the interesting thing about this is that when you're building rapport, right, you need to show, smile and show a genuine interest. Now, you're gonna see a, a repetition of this throughout the entire presentation, but I will tell you, I guarantee you, and I don't know the statistics, but I guarantee you there are statistics on this. Salespeople that smile more, sell more. Guaranteed. Throughout the process, you've gotta stop and just smile more. Because smiling immediately starts to do what? Build rapport. Yeah. If you're at the grocery store right now, you, if, if you've ever visited New York and you visit Texas, right, and you walk around New York and you smile at people, what happens? You are crazy, right? <laughs> so now, there are some places this doesn't work as well, but in Texas, it works really well. People really respond to that. So you need to have a genuine interest and you need to smile. You also need to find a connection point. Find a connection point, find common ground. If you see the Aggie ring, right? If you notice something about what they're wearing, they're wearing a university cap, you've gotta find those connections. Building rapport is critical. Now, this next one is very interesting and it's hard. Can I stop you right there? Please. How many times when you're with a customer, early on in the process, do you look them up on Facebook while you're working with them? How, and I'm not on Facebook, so forgive the stupidity of the question, but how difficult is it to find Veronica Martinez from Poteet on Facebook? Legit question. Within a few minutes. Not hard. Pretty easy. So how much of a benefit would that be, Harvey, do you think if within the first few minutes, maybe <coughs> you excuse yourself to go get the upfront TO, would it be if you just popped on Facebook real quick, found him and said, oh, she's into, you know, purses covered in rhinestones. Or, oh, she's into Girl Scout cookies. Or, oh, he's into, you know, politics. You know, I'd come alongside of him and agree with him on this NATO stuff. Or I'd come alongside of him and talk a little about the Supreme Court justice. If I have the same opinions. I'm not asking right. <laughs> if you differ. Right? Right. If you want to make America right. great hat, yeah. you might not talk Julio Castro for a while. You right. You might have the conversation. Okay? But think about that. Could that, could that work? Absolutely. Just to kind of yeah. get a little information, that all of a sudden, you don't have to tell them you know that. You just introduce it. Yeah. My God, how did he know that I am also a big fan of X, Y, or Z? Yeah. And, and oh, it's great. And, and I, I use, for what we do for my business, I use a lot of LinkedIn. And so whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook, depending on your clientele, there's a lot of information you can find out. You'll find out where they went to school. You'll find out, and for as far as education, you'll find out where they work. Like you can do some really quick assessment of somebody on LinkedIn. Facebook, yeah. LinkedIn, or locked up. For yeah. That's right. Also, I think a lot of us do this. You know, they have their pride and joy in their phone. Maybe their dog, maybe their kids, maybe their new car. Yeah. But if they, you mention, they mention something, you stop there, park it, and say, hey, yeah. Do you have a picture of that? Oh my God, do I have pictures? They're gonna get their phone out and let them, you know, spend some yeah. time showing me. I, I hear you a lot showing them pictures of your kid, which I think yeah. is very, very important because typically when you do that, they're gonna reciprocate, right? And maybe that's. Maybe she's doing that because they already are. Anyway, no, it's be, I, I think it's an excellent, it's a connection point. But you want this to flow naturally, 
right? You, there, there are salespeople that can get into, and you've been in this situation where you go to buy something and they're pre-programmed to go, I need to ask this question. Okay, now I need to ask this question. And, and, and I, oh, but I gotta ask this question because I gotta follow the nine, nine steps of the process and I gotta ask this question. You want this to flow and you want this to be as natural as possible because we've all been in situations where we've been at a network function or we've been at a bar, like you went out to dinner and you're in this situation where you might start talking to another group of people. For instance, I'm at uh, one of my favorite spots in Stone Oak. I'm at Aldaco's. Anybody been to Aldaco's in Stone oh, yeah. Oak with the view, awesome. the patio, right? So we're waiting for our, our patio seat and we're sitting there and I'm explaining the story to my wife because this is our date night and I'm explaining the story to Christina, but been married 18 years. Uh, stinking awesome. Yeah, 19 years this year. And I, I'm explaining to her this joke that I made to a friend and I said, sweep the leg. And she goes, well, what's, what's that? And I go, oh, babe, you don't know sweep the leg? I said, remember the movie Enzo was watching, Karate Kid? She's like, oh, the guy next to me loses his just, he goes, you don't know sweep the leg? He starts, he literally jumps into our conversation and it's like, you don't know sweep the leg? Oh my gosh, like how do you not know sweep? Karate Kid? And then he literally went into this whole tirade. Again, was this natural? This was completely unnatural because now he's butted into our conversation and it's just, got, he went like, derailed the whole conversation, right? So you wanna make sure that it flows. If they mention something that you have a common interest in, let them finish, let them fully explain it, let them fully talk about it, and then later on in the conversation, guess what you can do? You can circle back around and go, hey, I just wanna let you know I have a boat as well. And you know, my family and I love going to Canyon Lake. Or you know what, I have a three-year-old. I wanna show you a picture. Let me show you a picture of my three-year-old. You can always circle back and you don't have to jump right in right away and say, oh my gosh, let me tell you this about me. Because remember, when someone walks in the door, who's it about? Yeah. It's not about you. It's not about your nine steps. It's about taking the customer, finding where they're at in the buying process, and filling and solving a problem. It's not about you. So make sure it's very conversational. And last but not least, this is a warning. This is a warning. Don't try to be too friendly too fast. This is really, really important. Because this is still a business. And, and within that 10 minute process of you getting them back to the office to sit down and you're gonna start asking for social security numbers and you're gonna, if you get too friendly too fast, guess what? They're gonna start to back away a little bit. They're like, wait a minute, this is, you wanna let it naturally flow that you're in control of this process because you wanna help them solve a problem and fill their need. Give you a case in point, I'm at Bohannon's with my wife. During Fiesta, uh, my wife was La Reina Linda last year. And so she was one of the little, the Fiesta queens. Um, absolute craziness, that's another complete way to see Fiesta, learned a lot. Um, but then this year, we went uh, just to help out the queen that was uh, running this year. So we go down there, it's about four o'clock, we decide let's go have a really, really nice early dinner at Bohannon's. So we're there. My son's there, we're enjoying it. Have y'all eaten at Bohannon's? I mean, talk about service, talk about, our waiter is just, I mean, he's hitting everything. And at some point in the conversation, he learns that we know the same people, 
right? Now, you, have y'all had this happen when you start like, oh, well, you know, you know, Tom, you know, you know, oh, you know, Carlo. And the next thing you know is that if that person they hang out with, you'll start to see their demeanor start to change. They start to get even friendlier. Like, oh, no, he knows my boy. I was just drinking with him the other night. So this is what happens with this guy. He goes from Bohannon's like very, you know, like the way they do their whole thing to all of a sudden, like we went to school together, like, and we were like his best friends, but then he crossed the line and he starts dropping the F-bomb and he starts cussing and he starts talking completely differently. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, oh, oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh, dude, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm excited, I can't believe you know so-and-so. So you have to remember, regardless of how that rapport is going, regardless of who you know, you want to keep that very natural, very, uh, 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 you know, obviously business friendly, but you don't want to flip to the other side. Rapport, rapport, rapport in real selling. For me, uh, I was selling to realtors. Now, the, I was able to build Luxury Home Magazine to a point in Austin and San Antonio where we've done really, really well in selling advertising, right? Print and digital advertising. In this day and age, do you think that's easier or hard? Very difficult. It's, <laughs> and you're selling the top of the top agents in the market about, hey, put your home in this magazine. It is extremely difficult. And a lot of my success has come from really building rapport where I could pick up the phone with the top people, top realtors in the, in the industry and call them and have an actual conversation. Not just, hey, where's your ad? When are you turning it in? But pick up the phone and say, hey, are we gonna go have wings later? Like, what, what's your schedule like? Like, have a conversation, right? Build rapport, it's important. Who wants to read this for me? This is a great quote. I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. How you make them feel. And that's from the moment they walk in the door. Now, one of the Google reviews, and I'm sure y'all have seen it recently, was someone that came in and the Google review, the guy was really upset. He gave one star. And it was because no one, like someone greeted him, but then another person came in and they took that group, but he still sat there, right? Now, he probably has no idea that that was an appointment, right? He doesn't know that that person that came in probably already had some, they were already working with somebody. It wasn't the fact that they just got looked over, but how did he perceive it? Right. And so our, your goal is our goal as salespeople is to make sure that we never forget how we make them feel, even though it wasn't that wasn't in our we didn't want them to feel that way. It just happened by accident. It wasn't by any means a malicious act of, well, we're just going to take this person because we don't think, you know, that you, I, everybody here, we know, you know that everybody knows that. Right. But remember, it's all about how you make them feel. Their feelings, not what it's not. It's not always what you do. It's it's how they feel about the process. All right. So the in the Titan story, you have your Titan story. And I took this from the uh, the web is can we build rapport with the client using this? Yes, absolutely. Yes. absolutely. Why? Because this is your advantage, right? Senior management. 
it, we're not just some willy nilly, like we, we, we got our crap together, right? We know what we're doing, right? Full service, you mentioned that earlier. Can you build rapport talking about the full service uh, aspect of it? The people, right? Who's here, right? The manufactured partners, the commitment, the selection, all of this can be tied into building rapport with a client. Because all of these things are, are buzzwords and things that will make them feel better about their purchase. So keep that in mind. Now the next one in real selling, enthusiasm. So one of my great stories is I was with an agent and I, now you have to imagine, I was selling a magazine that didn't exist. So Luxury Home Magazine didn't exist here. I didn't even have a copy of the magazine here, right? So I was going to the top agents and I was like, this is what I'm gonna bring to San Antonio. And they're like, this is my, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Hawaii. They're like, this is Hawaii. I go, I know, but San Antonio's coming. <laughs> and they would just look at me, but, but it's not, it doesn't, I said, no, we're gonna print the first one, I'm telling you. And I had so much what? enthusiasm and passion and and I would always say this I would literally say this perception is reality and they they would look at me and I said listen when this book hits mailboxes and people flip through this book everybody's gonna think hey here are all the luxury agents in the city of San Antonio and they're all right here in this book so now what was I attaching to that realtor the pain of missing out from being in that book. But I was doing it not in a negative way, I just had a lot of enthusiasm about it, all right? So guess what you're gonna have to do? Smile. You better smile, right? If you're, not, if, if, if you're not enthusiastic, guess what? You're probably not gonna be smiling at all. Be the spark when they walk in. Now that doesn't mean you have to, you know, just be completely, you know, nutso, like, you know, uh, Michael Scott from The Office, right? You don't have to be all weird and quirky. No, be yourself and smile and be the spark. Remember, you're selling the American dream, right? It, you have a piece of that entire American dream that you're able to sell everybody that walks through that door. They're gonna be able to live on their uh, piece of land and they're gonna be able to live in their home. It's a home. You're a part of that dream. So you should have a ton of enthusiasm about being able to be a part of that process, right? This is home ownership. And then last but not least, make sure it's real. Make sure it's grounded. My, when I would walk into the meetings with some of these agents, I could tell right off the bat that, it, that my meeting with them, they were appeasing me. Right, they were like, okay, I'll meet with this guy. He sounds really excited on the phone, right? So as I went in there, I made sure to continue that passion and enthusiasm, but I wanted them to relate to what it was that I was actually selling. I wanted them to truly understand what I was selling, and so I would take them through the actual process with our media kit, just like you do with the nine steps. I would take them through our process to understand what we were selling, but I made sure that it was real. All right, another, I need another reader, go. For every sale you, you miss because you're too enthusiastic, you will miss 100 because you're not enthusiastic enough. Yeah. This is in, in your, everyone that walks through that door, trust me, you could be too enthusiastic. You could be, it's rare, but you could scare them a little bit if you're like, ah, hey, you know, you're just too excited about selling, I'll right? See if that happens. But yeah, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet, right? But the chances of that happening are really slim. But the thing is, 
if you walk up and you're like, you're not smiling, you're, you're, you've just, you're, you're wearing the day, you're wearing the morning, and you're just like, okay, hey, what, what are y'all looking for? All right, come back here, let's, let's talk about it. You're not smiling, you're not making eye contact, you're not being the spark, they're gonna sense it. If they're walking through that door, you have an opportunity. You have a chance to sell them. Good credit, bad credit, doesn't matter. They've walked through the door because guess what? It, it, I don't know about you, but uh, I sold a lot more on follow-up than I did on the first time they walked through the door. I had an agent I chased for a year. One whole year, I call him about every couple of weeks. Hey, are you gonna come in the magazine? Hey, what's going on, how are you doing? And I followed up with enthusiasm and I kept following up and I kept following. A year later, he came in the magazine and he's been in ever since for the last six years. One of my top clients. And he tells a story too. He always tells a story about how I hunted him down for a year. Follow up with enthusiasm equals more sales. Because you can see, you're gonna sell, you know, I don't know what your ratio is, but you're gonna sell people that walk in. But the people who walk out, what's your percentage of getting them to come back and buy? Because that follow-up is critical. So be enthusiastic. Last but not, oh no, two more. Attention to detail, all right? Guess what, you better smile. Be detailed about what you're doing. In real selling, I had to understand when I was walking in the room with the number one luxury agent, when I was walking in the room with the number five luxury agent or the number 20 luxury agent, I had to have attention to detail, right? I had to know my stuff, but I also, it mattered how I looked, right? So the look is important. You want to look professional. You want to have that professional look that you know what you're talking about. So looks are important and be detailed about this, right? The other attention to detail is learn people's names. Do you know the most beautiful word in all of the world is someone's name? So throughout the process, if you're saying, Bill, listen to me, Bill, I know that you, this, you're looking for 2,000 square feet. I have it for, Bill, let's go, come on. Let's, I got a couple things in the office I want to talk to you about. And then later, we'll go out with your wife, Bill and Sally, right? Bill, Bill and Sally, we're going to walk out and we'll show you something. But I want to talk to you about a few things. And throughout that process, what are you using? Name. Their name. Should you, if their kids are with them, should you learn their kids' names? Absolutely. It's attention to detail. Real selling is about knowing not just your product, but you better know the customer too. Real selling is about attention to detail, right? And then attention to detail, as I talked about in enthusiasm, is learning how to stink and follow up. This is the number one reason where salespeople have massive peaks and valleys. Massive peaks and valleys, right? You're on this cycle, it's like, whoa, I'm tearing it up, ripping it up, and then next thing you know, the next month, it's like, I don't know what happened. I can tell you what happened. You're not following up. You're not having attention to detail to make sure you are actually following up with those clients. Because for every 10 people that walk in here, how many are gonna actually buy their first time when they walk in? 20%. Two, okay, fair enough. But guess what? That means there's eight potential 
three months down the road, four months down the road, a year down the road. I had one lady and in, 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 um, one realtor in Kerrville. I drive to Kerrville every single issue to deliver magazines. Every issue, I do it myself. I drive all the way out there, I go to Kerrville, I go to Fredericksburg, and I come down into Bernie. And I would go to her office and I would always ask for her, hey, the... and she came in one year and then she got out, but I kept going to that office. Two years later, she came back in the magazine and she's been in ever since. Follow-up matters. Remembering names matter. So make sure you keep that attention to detail. So is this part of attention to detail? Your process? What if you miss a step here? What if you blow the, the mortgage analysis, right? What if you blow that and you don't really get their credit score, you don't really figure out where they're at, you show them a couple things, they get excited, and then it's time to really decide and you go to get them credit or a loan and they can't get it. What's gonna happen? Who are they gonna be mad at? Are they gonna be mad at the bank or are they gonna be upset with you? They're gonna be upset with you because this is part of your process. This is part of the attention to detail. You need to make sure, and here is where you can really help them understand why the credit, the free mortgage analysis, I like how you don't even say credit check, <laughs> right? No, we don't, it's not a credit check, it's a free mortgage analysis. What can you afford? That's smart. But if you skip this step and you don't have this attention to detail, you could have one really upset buyer down the road. Okay, so it's very, very important. Um, I, and, and the follow-up piece, I'll just say one last thing on it. It's easy to get excited about the people walking in the door, but a good salesperson is just as excited about the follow-up after they leave the door. If not more excited because you know, a top salesperson's thinking, I've already invested time with this prospect. Yep. I either give up right now and that is a 100% loss, literally, you're, you're taking steps backwards because not only did you not sell them, but you didn't sell anybody else when you were with them, or you have the mindset of, if I go get them right now, not only did I invest that time where there's gonna be a return, but I build confidence and I gain the appreciation that I really am capable and qualified. I can do this. People like me, they like my product. And by God, how many more opportunities now am I gonna create because the seed's been planted. It works, the follow-up works, I'm good at this. Yep. We get lazy and, and, and the reality is it's, it's not a matter, I'm, for my life, you speak for yourself, but in my life, when I'm lacking in follow-up, it's because of one reason, because I get lazy. Yep. Sometimes it's just complacency, and, and it's, it typically comes after a high. You hit that low, you take your foot off the gas. Yeah. It's, it's nothing to be ashamed about. Just admit it's a safe place. Yeah. It happens. But it doesn't happen to top people very often. Because they keep their foot on the gas. you got to be disciplined, that's it. Yep. So attention to detail always comes back to making sure you follow through and... You got to smile, looks matter, and learn names and learn how to follow up. Last but not least, oh, this is a great, oh, I love this quote. Hold on, let me make sure I didn't miss the other one. Okay, who wants to read this one, please? There's the flash and the pain, the sudden success, but continued success is dependent upon tremendous attention to detail. 
Have you, have you ever seen in the in the, in this business someone just have this meteoric like oh my gosh like every person they hit they sold they sold they sold they sold they sold and they're just ripping right they have this flash in the pan success and then all of a sudden what happens everything starts to turn and they're even questioning themselves I don't know what happened I I, I mean I just had the month of my life. It, everything was great, right? Well, we all know that it, a lot of it's just a numbers game. You could just so happen to have your three ups that walk through the door, they all buy, right? It just so happens the lottery hit, lightning struck, all those people buy, that's great. But listen, real success, long-term legacy success is all gonna go back to attention to detail. Follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. Attention to detail. Last but not least. So listen to this one right here. Who wants to read this one for me? It's little details that are vital. Little things make big things happen. Y'all know who John Wooden is, right? Little things make big things happen. So have you ever heard of the millionaire real estate? Uh, uh, there's a book by... Uh, um, Oh goodness, Gary Keller, he wrote this book and he, they talk about eight touches, okay? That it typically takes eight touches in real estate to get someone to make a decision, right? Like this idea, you gotta keep touching them, keep touching them. Now what's a touch in your world in follow-up? What's a touch? Phone call, Phone call text, email. Could you actually mail them a postcard? Yes. See, the deal is, is that that little thing over time adds up to a big thing. And if you think about it, if realtors do this and they're spending an insane amount of money on consistent follow-up, imagine what happens in this room if you invested a little bit of effort, a little bit of time, and you had handwritten follow-up letters just a little bit of investment of your time and a stamp. How much does a stamp cost? No idea. It's the thing, it's up to 50 something cents now. Yeah. Yeah, but what, what does that cost you? What if it was even on Titan Factory Direct letterhead and it was something personal where you just wanted to reach out and say hello? Imagine if you did that consistently and persistently with every person that walked out the door that you were not able to necessarily get then. When they drive by here every time, who are they gonna think about? They're gonna think about Josh, right? Josh, right? They're gonna think about Tim. They're gonna think about Amy. They're gonna think about, oh man, I just got a letter from Amy. You know, and someone, somebody that I know is looking to get you know, a, a home. I, I, you know what? I'm going to tell them to go talk to Amy. It's just a little bit of effort. That makes big things happen. Can you imagine if you sent out a letter, that person walks in with a handwritten letter and they said, hey man, you sent me this a year ago and I'm ready. I'm ready. How would you feel? You'd be on top of the world, right? I had a story, a gentleman, um, it just so happened, he got me a meeting with a jeweler. And this was like a, somebody that I really wanted in the magazine. He got me the meeting. And so I wrote him a thank you note. Didn't, I just, hey, really appreciate it. Letterhead, send it in the mail. This was years ago. 
He calls me out of the blue and he says, I want you to know, Tomas, I walk around with that letter in my briefcase everywhere I go. He goes, that letter made me really think about how important it is to thank people and to appreciate when someone does something for you, you know? And it, I, there was no gift certificate in it. It was just a letter saying thank you. It's important. Little things make big things happen. Last but not least, listen and learn. All right, so we all heard this before, right? You have two ears, one mouth. So the ratio of speaking to listening should be what? Right? You should be listening a whole lot more. You should be listening, asking questions, determining what are their buying, what was that word? Dominant, Dominant buying motive. DBM, I love that. Dominant buying motive. You've got to listen more than you talk, okay? You need to listen to their needs and smile. smile. This is so important. As you're telling you, hey, so you know, so what are you looking for? What do you need? And you're just, you're listening and smiling. Have you ever talked to someone, but they just have that face and it, it's like, I can't tell if you're even here right now, right? <laughs> but they just have that blank face of just, you know, they're just kind of staring at, listen, be into the conversation, be listening. This is part of listen and learn and listen to their needs. All right. Now. I want you to imagine going to the doctor. You walk into the doctor's office, okay? As soon as you walk in, it's an emergency and you have something wrong with your arm, okay? It, it's, it's bent in a really bad position. It's something's wrong, okay, with your arm. And you walk in, the doctor literally walks out, grabs you, takes you in the back, gives you a prescription, and then walks you out the door. Now what's wrong with that scenario? Your arm's still bent. Right. Well, what did the doctor fail to do? He, what happened? He didn't diagnose. Now I'm gonna tell you, in this room, we have malpractice at times. Would you say that would be malpractice for that doctor? Yes. Right? Right? If you have a prescription before the diagnosis, you have committed malpractice. Now, what does that mean in selling and where you're at? What does that mean? Judging the book by its cover. Judging the book by its cover, okay. Process each and every time. Just, you got it, you're doing the steps, but you're not listening to what they need. Here's where, here's where it used to really mess me up and, and where I failed is when I would have a conversation with a prospect, and it, and it happens when you get confident, right? When you've had some success. You immediately start thinking about the last prospect you had mm. that said the very sim, same or similar things. And you go, well, obviously they want the back page. Because they're just like the Joneses. And the Joneses also had this type family and said they wanted a modern look, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And as you're having that dialogue internally, what did you stop doing? Listening. You stop listening to them say, if it doesn't have a walk-in pantry, it's not the right house. <laughs> so if everything else lines up and they love the Beth page, can we get them a walk-in pantry the way it is now? No. And you miss that. And they say, oh, we love it. Yeah, we love it. We'll think about it. We'll be back. We'll think about it. We love you. It's okay. We just need some time. Yeah. And they're leaving thinking, I told him the one thing I couldn't live without was a walk-in pantry. Why didn't you hear it? Because you're a bad person? No. Is it because you're a bad salesperson? No. 
Is it because you don't care about your customers' needs and wants? No. Is it because you don't have a good system? Absolutely not. Because you don't have the right product? No, you've got the product. We can actually do a walk-in pantry. It's just simply because you started thinking about another family instead of listening. It's the whole seven habits thing. You were listening to respond instead of listening to understand. And we all do it. It's not a character. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. Admit to it like I'm admitting to it. I fail in this area. I fail with you guys in this area. Well, Peter needs this or that. That reminds me of the situation with Kurt. I'll just cookie cutter this little thing, tell him we'll address it in a couple of days and move on. I do it with y'all too. I fail there too. We all do. Got to keep listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and smile. <laughs> and if, if you're one of those people, and I'm, me and Tim are probably yeah. where our normal face is not... Right, our normal face is just kind of a straight line. Yeah. We need to have a mirror up in front of us on the opposite wall. Yes. Behind your client. So that you can constantly see the face you're putting on. Yeah. Because this is unnatural for me. Yeah. This is natural. I love it. I love it. Um, with this uh, listening and learning, you also need to learn your competition. That's why I love what you make all new people do is go shop the competition so you know the competition. I think that's beautiful. And knowing your competition is, is going to help you as you walk through this whole process with the client. If you know that, if you know exactly what it is your competition is gonna say, do you know what your competition is gonna say about you? Have you heard that before? Because I always love this, because you know I, I, I have my magazine and there are other magazines, and I will hear, well, hey, you know what the other magazine's saying about you? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm really curious now. What are they saying, you know? And, and that information is powerful because now I could take that information and go, okay, well, if they're uh, kind of attacking us from this angle, I now better understand how to meet my client's need and understand how we can not only meet that need and address, you know, what their concern was or what they think their concern might be based on what somebody else says. So we all have to make a promise. Everybody raise your right hand. Say, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise to figure out a diagnosis, figure out a diagnosis before I give a prescription. All right, so we are, uh, you can put your hands down now. The idea is we don't want to fall into malpractice. We want to know what their needs are and then provide what they need because anything else is going to be malpractice. You're actually hurting the opportunity to get a sale. And so last but not least, real selling. For me, what has this produced? For, for my business, what this has been able to afford, my wife and I, is we've took Luxury Home Magazine annually over a million dollars in sales for advertising, okay? This system has worked to sell a lot of advertising. And not only that, it gave us the ability to also buy another business. We own a school called Spanish Grove Academy. It's in uh, Stone Oak. Uh, we bought the building and took over the business in 2015. That school is a Spanish immersion school that my son went to. And we were so amazed at the fact that my son is now completely bilingual. I speak no Spanish whatsoever. My wife speaks no Spanish. But because of that school, from the time he was two until almost six, he learned Spanish. And now he's in a dual language program in Northeast. But the point being is that this process has helped my wife be very successful in what we do. 
because you've got to learn how as a salesperson to build rapport. If you can't build rapport, all of this other stuff becomes really difficult. You've got to find that connection and that common ground. And then you've got to have enthusiasm throughout the whole process. You've got to really build that passion for what it is you're doing. You're selling the American dream, home ownership. And then you've got to have the attention to detail to always do what? What are we going to do from this moment on that we're going to really focus on? The attention to detail is not just when they walk in the door. Follow up. It's follow up. The attention to detail is gonna come is, I'm going to learn how to follow up like a champ. I'm going to learn how to send personalized letters and put my own stamp on it because let me tell you, you send out 50 of those letters, if one comes back and buys, I think they'll pay for your stamps. <laughs> I think your stamps are covered for a good uh, 10 years, right? And then you gotta listen and learn, listen, more than you talk. When you're talking, you are not gathering information. Always remember that. When you're talking, you're lacking the opportunity to gather information, all right? And then learn, obviously, listen and learn. So that's real selling. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Yeah, appreciate the time. Yeah.